Bienvenidos tu Merendeando, parto Radio Aluna Theater. You're about to hear a repost interview of the conversation we had with Santiago Guzman on 2020. And to help us introduce this repost episode, we have the artistic director of Aluna Theater, Beatriz Pisano. Let's get started. Bea, would you tell us more about Santiago Guzman and what are you excited about this show and, and as Santiago as an artist? Well, this, you know, I've had forgotten that he had applied for Caminos and this is what, you know, that I go, okay, so I was right when I envisioned Rutas because Rutas at the beginning, we wanted to be that all these, also these Latinx artists could be presented in Rutas. And at the beginning, the first few festivals, there was nobody creating work. I, I'm not even going to mention the names that we would always present because there was nobody else with the production. So this, it, it, this means to me that the festival is doing what it's supposed to do, which it, it is to be a platform for the artists and all these emerging voices, you know, as well as established voices. But it, for me, it's very exciting, the new voices that are coming on and how beautiful, I mean, Santiago is so gifted. He's so funny as well. So when I saw the tape, you know, he sent me the tape and I went, okay, he gets ghosted. And I went, oh my God, what a beautiful idea. You know, first of all, you know, we all been ghosted in one way or another. <laughs> well, maybe not me, but... <laughs> But I just thought, you know, this is what I love. You know, I always say that what I love about the young generation coming up and just like doing the work is that I, um, I am all, already an elder that is living through life right now at this age. So the information for me is a different reality, right? I don't experience life and the ghosting and that in the same way as young people do. So... These are, are pieces that are talking about, are talking to a generation, you know, and, and they're teaching me a lot as well. And so, and he also used something important to him, like El Dia de los Muertos, to, mm -hmm. you know, have the last confrontation with this, you know, to bring this ghost to the table mm -hmm. and finds it an incredible surprise. I, I, I don't want to give more, more about the show, but, you know, just incredible ideas taking parts of you, of your roots, of your cultural roots and putting them in such a unique way. So I, I just I just think um, Santiago is, is an artist that I have seen him growing so fast, so, so fast that I think he's somebody. And also, as I said earlier, that he's going to make is not only the artist that he is, but the incredible uh, person that he is for the community and he is building a community in a place where you know it's difficult to build those kind of communities but he is and he's fully committed so i am so happy you all are going to love him i do a little bit of everything i i think i i realized that if i really wanted to be working in theater i had to be i had to do a little bit of everything so that's why i was like Okay, let's do everything. And you're based in St. John's, Newfoundland. Yes, I am currently living in St. John's, Newfoundland. That is a very unique place to base not only a theater and art practice as a new immigrant, or not a new immigrant, we'll talk, get into that in a bit, but as like a settler, someone not from Canada, and like as a person of color to, to base your art practice there. 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has been interesting. Very, very interesting. The, I moved to Newfoundland uh, back in 2015 to pursue a BFA in theater. Just like going back to 2015, mm. I was in Mexico. I was in, in Toluca. That's where I... Mm. Um, where I was living with my mom and I was like about to go into university and, and then um, I decided to take on like acting and theater seriously so I was like okay I'm gonna do this and but there was something in me that I felt like I was not good enough to go to the national theater school in Mexico mm. and I was like I didn't want to deal with rejection I didn't want to you know like go audition be, and, and be being told that I was not fit for for it so then I started thinking and I was like, okay, what can I do? And then one of the things that I knew about Shakespeare, I hated Shakespeare. I was like, ugh. But I knew, I was like, if I go to theater school, I'll have to learn mm -hmm. something about Shakespeare. But yeah, I was like, it's, I couldn't deny the fact that, you know, Shakespeare was such a big thing in the world, mm -hmm. in, especially in theater. It's because of colonialism. Well, I mean, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so yeah it, it's the same thing as you know like talking about Greek theater like uh -huh. you have to talk about Greek theater if if you go to theater school um, so anyway I was just thinking like and in Mexico you need to do a pastorela before you <laughs> you can actually be a, a you know actor, you're gonna be a leading like, lady if you get to yeah, marry you <laughs> always need to do a pastorela before yeah. any other job I feel like if you didn't do a pastorela yeah. you what did you not do theater no, in Mexico like, <laughs> pastorelas at Shakespeare's of Mexico <laughs> what were your favorite roles Satan it was a fun one it was a fun one well funny enough it was because of a pastorela that I was like I think I can do this. That's how a lot of people start theater, yeah. Yeah, I, and I was playing Satan. And I was like, hmm, I think I can do this. And you know what? It was because my dad, after the pastorela, he, okay, so my dad, my dad is a, is a he, he went to school to study industrial chemical engineering. Yeah. Right? So that's my dad. And, and he obviously, when I told him that maybe I wanted to be an actor, he was like, uh. Um, but after that pastorela, he was the one who said, I, I, I can see how passionate you are about this and I think you're good. So I'll support you. And it was because of a pastorela, funny enough. And I was playing Satan. That is beautiful. So start with a pastorela and now you have your own production company. <laughs> in San New that, that's how you have to go like, about it. <laughs> wow. From Satan to Cornerbrook. Well, the thing was that, that I, um, when I decided to to go to theater school, I didn't want to stay in Mexico. I decided mm -hmm. to, to like take a risk, and by a risk, I I thought that maybe going study abroad, um, trying to learn how to do Shakespeare in English. I was like, I think, I thought that my English level was pretty decent at the time, and I was like, I think I can pull this off. I went to a college fair in Mexico City, and the Memorial University of Newfoundland was there, and that was actually the only university there in that um, expo that uh, that had like a BFA, a proper, because that's what I wanted. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get a degree. Um, and the program seemed interesting. They had this ex exchange uh, program in the fourth year of university that you have to go to Harlow, England, to study for a little bit, and then you have to graduate in Canada. So I was like, oh, this is great. That's, that's so beautiful. <clears throat> it was really cool. And then I moved to Cornerbrook. Now, 
to that point, I had never been to Canada before. I can't even believe that Cornerbrook <laughs> is your first place. Like, much respect for you, Santiago. It was it was hard. It was challenging. I, I, I remember, especially, I, I remember going to the grocery store <laughs> and with my friend. Um, it was at the Dollarama, actually. And I was with a friend, and she was from Mexico, and we were just, like, obviously speaking Spanish. And then I remember, like, people just, like, staring at us. <laughs> and then I remember, like, like saying hello in in English and they were like, <gasps> and I was like yeah I like I, I speak English like, what you are saying you can't understand what I'm saying but I can speak to you if I want yeah I had amazing friends though and they were very supportive always and they were like Santiago if you ever need groceries if you ever need this if you ever we'll give you a hand and I was like oh my god thank you so how did your connection with like the Toronto theater scene started when you were there hunger girl <laughs> I feel like Toronto's this beacon of like, wow, the art, wow, opportunity. I don't know if you relate to that, but <clears throat> I mean, I think it is. Hmm. Well, yes, yes, definitely. And and of course, like, I want to be here. Now that I'm living here for a little bit, I'm like, hmm, should I move to Toronto? And I wouldn't say no. If the opportunity arises, I would like come here for sure. That's the main reason why I'm here at the moment. Um, but I, I actually, because again, like, Newfoundland was my introduction to Canada. I had no idea about, like, the theater scene in Canada. Like, uh, when people were talking about, like, George Brown or Stratford, the Shaw Festival, I had no idea what they were talking about. I was like, okay, cool, yeah, that sounds great. Mm. Mm. Um, I had no idea what was going on. Of course, Toronto, I knew about Toronto, but I didn't know, like, what was going on. Um, so it, it was until... So in, in theater school... I was the only person of color. It, yeah, I wanted to quit so many times. Yeah. Because I was the only person of color, and on top of that, I was the only ESL performer in the program. So I can only imagine the fucker you dealt with. Oh my god. Yeah, it was it was a hard time because I felt like people just assumed, which I thought it was a compliment, um, that they never thought that I would like struggle because my English was pretty good. So they were like, oh, yeah, you totally get it. Like, you're mm. fine. You will be fine. And I was like, I actually, like, my process is different. I need a little bit more help. And sometimes reading only white playwrights wasn't really appealing to me. And I, I was always, like, aspiring or trying to be white yeah. for, for the sake of my, my work in theater. Or my reference were always white. So I got so frustrated so many times every, every year, like I wanted to quit. I wanted to go back, but then I was like, I'm already there. I'm about to finish or whatever. I don't want to start from zero. So I started like doing a little bit of research and it was actually one of my professors in, in theater school. His name is Alex Fallis. He was the one who introduced me to Aluna. He was mm. um, a teacher at George Brown. Yeah. So, so he was the one who, who introduced me. He actually connected me with, uh, to Bea. Um, so I would like, I will always like talk to him about like my feelings and, and he, he was very supportive and he was always like trying to give me like more references. Um, it was in my second year of university that I was introduced to Guillermo Verdequia, mm -hmm. uh, and Fronteras Americanas. And it was because a producer in Newfoundland, uh, when he met me, he was like, okay, um, have you like, have you read this play? And I was like, nope, never. And he actually sent me a copy And I read it and I was like, there is hope for me. There is hope for me in Canada. 
and and that's when I start like doing more research and I start like doing um, I actually for one of my uh, contemporary Canadian theater class I did a presentation on all of the multicultural and diverse theater companies across the country J and that just made me realize that there was nothing like that in Newfoundland mm -hmm. and I was like okay it's time to get that you know like change changed so yeah so that's that's why I started like doing research I, I was introduced to Kahoot and the other thing is like I since like because I didn't know anyone and I didn't know anything I had no shame I had mm. I was not embarrassed to ask I was not embarrassed to say hi my name is Santiago who are you and that's how I met a lot of like very important people well that I Afterwards, I found out that there were like important, you know, like artistic directors, producers that I guess if I had known that they were like they hold they they were holding that position of power, I probably would have been intimidated. But because I had no idea, I would just be like, hey, what's up? How are you? Tell me more about you. I remember you told me about this, the solo show you did, Altar. Yes. So, but Altar sparked a lot of other stuff. Yes. Or did it happen before? No, no, no. Yes. I think that Altar was my my first like. I don't know, like spark uh, after a theater school. I have been, because that's the thing, like I, I, I really want this. I really, really want to be in and, and to pr do my arts practice. And, and, and right now I'm finding my, my way in the, in the community and trying to understand what is it that I want to do with what I have and where else I, I could go um, as an individual, but also like trying to support other artists um, to grow. So, so I was like working during my, my summer breaks, I was, I would be working with uh, festivals in Newfoundland mm -hmm. and then, but it was until I graduated that I was like, oh great, I have nothing to do. So, um, I wrote Altar, uh, or Altar, um, when I was in, in the UK doing my, my, um, exchange program or my, whatever for my degree. And I was writing this play because <laughs> this is this is so embarrassing, but it's also really exciting because mm. not exciting, but uh, I wrote that play because I wanted to be in Caminos. Yeah. Mm. So um, with Aluna, so I had a, I saw the deadline and I was like, okay, I need to write something. I, which was great. It was it was a, an amazing opportunity. I didn't get picked up, but in the end, I was like, well, I have a show now. Isn't this awesome? Um, so Altar, I did that show, um, I wrote it, it's so funny because I wrote it when I was in, in the UK and the play is about, uh, Eugenio, who is a Mexican, uh, guy living in St. John's. I wonder why mm -hmm. I wrote that story. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway, it's about this guy who's going through a breakup. So he's trying to deal with the ghosting of his, um, ex-boyfriend. So... Uh, yeah, like he he doesn't know how to deal with it, and he d he suddenly like uh, realizes that maybe by setting up an altar like in Dia de Muertos, he'll be able to summon his ghost. Honestly, I need a couple altars in my room right now. I, know, I, know. <laughs> I, wanna see I have now. a couple, TBH. But I need some for the, for the I, heart. Also, I love that it deals like this character was like, what is the most Mexican way? Yeah, like what is the most Mexican? And that, that was the thing, like I wanted to connect my experience in Newfoundland, but also like to give it like my own Mexican flavor. I, I just wanted to tell a story. I just wanted to share that. And it, so basically he's in the middle of winter and when, you know, like you usually feel lonely 
and then he he realizes while trying to set up this this altar that he has also ghosted people and that uh and and it, the, the show also speaks of how you disconnect from your home country when you're far away and how you start losing relationships because of the same thing how, how did audiences respond yeah. well it it was amazing it was it was a one man show so it was me playing a bunch of uh, characters uh it was so special because i actually got my sister and my dad to record uh, some uh, audios that i had in the show mm-hmm. so man just like being able to be on stage performing and just like hear their voices i was like ah oh, it was a gift it was like so beautiful and because of the show obviously like i was speaking a lot of spanish and uh so my sister and my dad everything they recorded was in spanish um so it was you know like i i was like trying to recap that in in english and people thought that it was like very interesting uh because of that because i was speaking spanish um it, my show of course as everything i do was very gay uh very brown and, and people really really liked it it was uh, people came to me after the show and they were like Santiago you're really funny and i was like i know you know like i was so <laughs> surprised that people were like you're funny and i was like well i i wanted to to think that but thanks yeah. um so and the producer uh shout out to Patrick Foran uh that gave me um the the copy of uh, Fronteras Americanas after my show he said Santiago you created your Fronteras Americanas hmm. and to me that was like meant like I'm just getting goosebumps just I like literally almost that. just cried no I was like wow wow thank you I, I just felt like I did something right again like I just wanted to tell this story about ghosting it was <laughs> and I am uh, the the thing is that after I came back from my trip from England my boyfriend ghosted me Rude. I, well I mean yeah that was awful he broke my heart I cried so much um but I was like dealing with all of that but in the end it was funny because the show afterwards it seemed that the show was about him but it was not about him when I was writing it it was before he actually ghosted mm, me no. um But anyway, so all of that success that I got with the show was not because of him breaking my heart because I wrote the show before no, he goes up. No, nothing to do with him. Yeah, so you made those productions uh in that you wrote them, performed and directed in several different ones. And then how did Todos Productions come to be? Well, Todos when I was in in the UK, I was like the busy, busiest man alive because I was doing, well, finishing my degree. I was um getting ready for the show that I was going to go on tour and I was writing altar but also I took this like entrepreneurial workshop course online. Why? Uh, I know. Because uh, you know like I thought that I was doing something smart which I'm sure you are. I mean sure. it yeah. was at the time I was like Santiago why are you doing this again to yourself? But anyway so and it was it was about because i thought i really thought that the thing was going to help me with my immigration status in the in the country mm. uh that's what i understood the the project was going to help me with it did not um but anyway out of that project i developed todos productions that was how i started it it was a, like a class then uh, the same workshop had like this funding competition and i won So I got a little bit of mula to <laughs> to actually like start the company and then at the time that was like after I was already in the in the festival with Altar so I was like okay I'm going to produce Altar with my company. Mm-hmm. So I did that and then 
I started like thinking about like the future and what I wanted to do with that company. And I was like, okay, I got invited to curate um, a live magazine. Uh, so that was amazing. And then I started looking for more, more and more things to do together with the company. Currently, I am uh, hosting a writing mentorship mentorship with Robert Schaefe in Newfoundland. That it's, the, the whole point of that mentorship is to to encourage and provide a platform for emerging writers, diverse writers in Newfoundland. So can I ask, what, in your perspective, from your point of view, what is it like to be an artist, a racialized artist in Newfoundland? It's hard, it's great, but it's hard. It's really hard. It's great because obviously, I mean, there are not a lot of Santiago's. So, and also like in, in Newfoundland, like there are not a lot of like diverse artists so it is like easier to be seen in that way um as you know as, as it is easy to be doing groceries and just like having people staring at you um so that is good because i i have received a lot of opportunities but also i have proved that my talent and my work ethic and whatever my, my desire my drive and my artistic vision is taking me places it's not only because i'm brown um, so that is a good thing. The bad thing is that the lack of, of, um, diverse community, it's, it's so hard to feel like you're understood, even though I have a lot of like amazing, uh, ally friends, it's not the same thing to feel like people get you. Um, so it's, it's hard and, and yeah, sometimes I feel really lonely. Um, again, like I, I try to be really positive all the time, so I... I try to create stuff with fellow uh, diverse artists in the community. And, and, and that to me also, like the, the work that I'm doing with Todos is very like open in the sense that it's very welcoming and it's not only for um, uh, culturally diverse, but also, you know, like gender and identity, um, different abilities as well. So it's very like welcoming in that, uh, in that, on that regard. I just want to help other people to do well, things that they want to do uh, I feel like this idea of, of um, home and what Mexico means to me now has changed over the years I of course like Mexico will always be my home country but I don't feel like Mexico is home anymore I feel St. John's is feeling a little bit more like home um, and it's simply because of uh, where my life is right now where my work is where my friends are yeah that's that's where I feel like my life is at the moment so Mexico now feels like where my family is, where my memories are, but that's it. So I do want to stay here in Canada simply because I can see future ahead of me. I can see especially doing theater, doing film. I think that there is so much work to do. I am uh, a true advocate for accessibility and uh, diversity in, in Newfoundland. And I think there's a lot of work that we have to get done there. And yeah, so I feel like I'm, I'm excited and I just want to keep working on it. Check out the Rutas Festival from September 22nd to October 9th. For more information, visit alunatheater.ca. Hope to see you there. We're speaking from Takoronto. This is the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, the Nashinabe, the Wendat, and Mississaugas of the Credit. This land is covered by the District 1 Spoon Wampum and Treaty 13 also known as the Toronto Purchase. At Aluna, 
We remember that people can begin to heal when they are hurt. We are committed to artful participation in disagreements. We are committed to unsettling ourselves towards connection, respect, and justice for all people who now live in this city, which has been a meeting place since time immemorial. Radio Luna Teatro is supported by Luna Theater with support from the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Department of Canadian Heritage, and TD Bank. Aluna Theater is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Shellness. Radio Luna Teatro is produced by Monica Garrido and Lucia Linares. For more about Aluna Theater, visit us at alunatheater.ca, follow at Aluna Theater on Twitter or Instagram, or like us on Facebook.